What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Rockcast, powered by Onyx Hunt Maps. Today, we have my buddy, Clay Currington, on. We're going to talk about trail cams. So thanks for hopping on, man. Yeah, no problem. Appreciate you having me. Oh, absolutely. How uh, how many cameras do you have out right now looking for whitetail? Um, 11, I think. Nice. Yeah, 11 or 12. So Nice. I'm, I'm about right there with you, I think. I uh, When I was... Back in Nebraska, I set a whole bunch of them up, and then I'll be back here in another month or so and check them, and hopefully there's good deer on them. Yeah, hopefully. I'll, I'll be in your neck of the woods second week of September uh, doing one of those public land, fight everybody for glass and spots in there in Nebraska, so that'll be fun. Yeah, dude, that it'll, it'll be fun, I think, uh, especially that second week of September. I don't want to say that nobody will be there but at least there won't be as many as like rifle season quite rifle season yeah yeah just a mess but yeah so um i know just like we talked about you run a lot of trail cameras so i just wanted to uh to kind of pick your brain on some of the trail cameras that are available today um you know i went the we did a trail camera podcast oh probably it had to have been at least a year ago probably over a year ago and uh one of the ones that I had just picked up a bunch of and recommended was those muddies. And, uh, since then been having some difficulties with the muddies when they work, they're great. But one issue I've seen is the battery door. It, uh, just the gravity from the battery door, the latch doesn't lock it tight enough. So with your fingers, you can push it up really tight, but then as soon as you let it go, it it separates like from the terminals and then you don't have any battery power and you can't tape it like it's so it fits it's one of, it's it one of those that, so tight. yeah it's one of those battery doors that you could access the batteries while the camera's on the tree so any type of force or anything like the batteries drop out of the out of the housing of the of the camera yeah it's not ideal no i've never i've never used the muddies um i kind of i stick to kind of by choice i stick to spy point and reconics um all of my cell cams are spy points and all of my regular just photo and video go check your sd card type cameras are reconics and that's mainly because um one of our big one of our big clients is spy point so i try to buy those cameras and help them out because they're really good to us and then one of our other clients is sponsored by reconics um so I, I run the Reconyx just because if I ever needed like uh, like the bottom part of the of the trail camera photo that has all the information on it or something, if we had to if we had to fudge something for that, I have a, a house or a, a log of all my cameras that I could go pull something from if I absolutely had to. So I, I try to stick to the spy points and the trail or the Reconyx for that reason. Oh, man, that's that's super interesting. Um, and a really good point from a content standpoint. Um, so with those Reconyx, can you talk about, so like Reconyx is, I don't know, would you say like the mother of all cameras? Yeah, I would say, um, that Reconyx probably has the game when it comes to trail cameras. Um, the only thing 
I would say is I like, I don't, I don't get any of these cameras for free. Like I could probably message anyone doing what we do. Um, what I do for a job and be like, Hey, can I get some cameras? And they'd send them to us, but I pay for all mine. And other than the cellular cameras from Reconnex, they have the best camera on the market, but I would say that their cellular cameras are just as good as everybody else's, but they're almost twice as much in cost. So at that point, I, that's why I run those five points. Awesome. So what about those Reconnex makes them the like the best camera available today? Um, well, number one for me, their their menu system is super easy and their button layout like a lot of times, a lot of the cameras, they have an up and down button, an okay button, and a back button, and that's about it. Reconnex kind of has that four-way joystick um, with a, some other different options for buttons. And then they also have, um, they have a mode where you can, I don't know how they do it, but you can set a code to your camera that way when you open it to access any of the menu you have to put like a four digit password in and it doesn't keep anyone from like taking your camera or taking your sd card but it does keep someone from like messing with your settings or like just doing something to where your camera still might be there your card still be still there but someone can't come in and change your settings to where you're not getting any pictures or turn your camera off or anything like that um like I said, I run a lot of video on my trail cameras um, and I, they have the best video quality out there. It's not rated as the highest, like their specs on paper. If you looked at it, they don't have the best video um, as far as specs go. But looking at it on a computer or on your cell phone, um, or we look at a lot of trail camera pictures on the TVs in our house, um, I, I think they have the best video quality and photo quality out there. Awesome. So then what separates those from like, man, I don't even want to like a stealth cam, like a hundred and gosh, what would you say? $20 camera? Yeah. I've, yeah. I've never used a stealth cam, but something in that price point, like I'll just compare them to my 120, $130 spy points. Um, they run, they get really, really, really good battery life. Now the only caveat to that is, is Reconnex made it to where their cameras only run off of lithium um, double A's. So you can't go buy just a regular like Duracell alkaline double A battery. You have to buy the lithiums. But like I just put cameras out three weeks ago for the first time. And I probably won't have to change those batteries until like if it doesn't get freezing, freezing, freezing cold, um, I probably might not have to change my batteries at all this season. Now yeah. it takes, it takes, it takes 12 of those batteries, but you're only buying them once and you're not having to go replace batteries. So that's a number one for me. I'm not having to replace batteries a lot. Um, two, they give you a lot of options when it comes to video and photo like capabilities. Like they'll give you 1080 video, um, I think it's at 30 frames a second, which doesn't really matter to the average person. Um, it'll give you 1080 video for, I think you can get up to a one minute video, but you can also do a 720 video. You can do a 480 video. So they're not only giving you that highest quality option, they're also giving you the option to dumb it down. That way it's not eating up so much memory card space. 
Um, same thing with photos. You can get up to, I think it's a five or six photo burst. Um, but you can also just go down to a one photo burst. So they're giving you the high, most, most of these companies, they want to give you the highest like spec they possibly can, but then you don't get a long memory card life out of that where Reconnex they're giving you the highest quality, but then they also give you the option to dumb it down. If you're someone like I take an electric bike on our property to all of our trail cameras. So if I have to go replace trail camera uh, cards once every two weeks, that's no big deal. But if I'm out West and I have to hike in three or four miles, every time I have to check a card, well, then I might not want to run 1080p at 30 frames a second on a one minute video, because in a week and a half, I got to hike in three or four miles every time to change all those cards. And that's just to change one card. That's not to say you don't have four or five cameras out all four or five different trailheads that you have to go check. And that, that could take a week depending on how far you have to drive. So with most of these cameras built, not being able to run on a memory card, that's bigger than 32 gigabytes, being able to dumb that down um, and save memory card space. It, that's a big thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that's really nice. Um, I would say like, what I'm looking for in a camera and it all depends like what you're looking for, right? If you want the highest quality and all that, then like a Reconyx is a super good option or any of those like more expensive cameras, um, that maybe can shoot like some of the better video. Um, but like I, I typically have to buy like mm, three, four cameras a year at least just to keep the, you know, we're expanding a little bit. So we're, we're expanding onto different uh, ranches and things like that, but also just to keep a better inventory. Cause sometimes like the cameras get knocked off the of trees or something happens and they quit working or whatever. Um, so I can't pay, like it's hard anyways for me to pay. Gosh, what's your account? Is there, are they still 600 bucks? Uh, the, the cell camera I'm looking at right now, um, that cell cam 600 bucks. And then they're like, their most popular, which is the Hyperfire 2, which is just a regular SD card. You have to go check it. It's 400 Gotcha. Okay. So, yeah, it's just a little bit diff more difficult, I guess, to pay 400 when you have to buy four or five a year. Um, exactly. And that's that's where I'm kind of in that that more middle ground. And I'm really looking for different cameras. I've uh, I had a guy trade, like, partial hunt for um, some covert cameras and I still have those and they're still working actually pretty good. I was thinking about that the other day. I'm like, you know, these things have actually been around a long time. Um, they've been okay. Go ahead. Oh yeah. Oh, they, they've been okay. Those muddies were okay for last year and then they've been kind of a letdown ever since then. Um, and then, you know, I tried some really cheap ones. Um, like I tried to get down into that, $70 range type thing and a lot of those were on sale anyways but it just wasn't it didn't it didn't work out very well one of the things that I've been looking for just functional wise is like make sure that thing has an actual on button like there's some of them that are just like a just a push button and when you push it to go on the screen just goes blank so you like don't really know if it's on or not yeah yeah, that's kind of how some that, that's how some of the spy point just regular photo cameras are is you have to 
it's just, it's like hold the okay button down for two seconds and the screen will come on um, and all that kind of stuff, which that doesn't bother me um, because like the spy points, you have to turn it on and then activate it, like activate the camera mm-hmm. and it does like a 30 mm-hmm. second or 60 second delay. So I know on those, like if the camera doesn't come on and I don't activate it, like to activate the sensor for that 30 second delay for it to start, then I know the camera's not on. So if I haven't done that, then I know the camera's not on and I can't leave yet. Um, so that doesn't bother me, but yeah, I, there are some of those where you like just push the button and it automatically sets like to, to turn on, but it doesn't really show you anything. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of an issue. But one thing with those, like, I should probably preface it saying, yes, I'm paying $400 for these cameras, but I'm also putting it on a 1200 acre family farm that I know no one's going on to steal my stuff. Mm-hmm. If I'm doing public land in Iowa or something like that, like I'm not putting this $400 camera out there. Cause then that yeah. includes a lot. It includes a lock box. It includes a lock around the tree, you know, and then you probably end up putting it on a tree small enough that someone can take a handsaw and just cut it down. So I, yeah, I'm not putting this $400 camera, you know, out on public land. All, all my cameras are on private. So I should probably, mm-hmm preface that saying I'm not losing three or four $400 cameras a year to people stealing them. All right, everybody just want to jump in here real quick and thank our sponsor Onyx for powering this podcast. Onyx Hunt Maps is a great tool to be able to mark your trail camera locations, just like we're talking about here and keep track of them. I know I've talked about it before, but one thing that's really cool for me is uh, having an outfitting business with another guide I can mark all my trail cameras and then I can just send him pins. And uh, if he's going to be there when I'm not, then he can roll in, go right to the spot, check the trail camera, um, move it if he wants, move the pin, resend it to me and everything updates. So we can keep track of, of cameras like that. And then if he puts new ones up, he can drop pins to them as well and then send them to me. So really a good asset to have to keep track of things and of course keep things organized so if you want to go check that out onyxmaps.com forward slash hunt use code rockcast at checkout for 20 percent off on us and real quick i want to apologize for some of the audio stuff going on with this episode i'm not sure my microphone is uh, messing up a little bit but hopefully we uh, we've got that fixed for the future so hopefully you enjoy the rest of the podcast yeah, absolutely. And that's mostly like, I know that those Reconics are badass cameras and, uh, and whatnot, but I just wanted to, to dive into that a little bit more and just show that difference or tell the difference. Um, because I think a lot of people like here Reconics, you know, they hear they are the best, but they don't really yeah. know why. And it might be more, you know, they might be for their uses, they might be better off with just you know, a regular camera, if you will. Yeah. Another, another thing the reconnexes will do that um, kind of stands out to me is one thing I'll do is like, I'll go set all my cameras. And usually what I do is I start from the back or from the front of my property and work my way in when I'm putting cameras up for the first time. Um, and then I will drive back out. And as I drive out, I will check my cameras. Um, Cause what you can do on the reconnex is you can open the screen and you can not only view like your pictures or your video on the screen without taking the SD card out, but you can almost, you can also format the card in the camera. Um, So what I'll do is I'll actually like do a pre-check on my way out to see what that camera sees. Do I need to finagle it a little bit? How close or how far was I 
on that trail or that food plot, whatever, when it triggered. Um, and then it, I can do a few fine tune adjustments there. Um, cause the worst thing doing is putting your trail cameras out like prime time, summer velvet. Um, uh, and then they've been out there for two weeks and then you realize that you have nothing but the chest and hooves of a deer because you had your camera too low. So one thing I do like about those, like you on the spy points, you can see how many photos or videos you have, but you can't view them on the Reconnex. You can actually view them on the camera. So you can kind of double check what the camera sees before you're gone for a month and you've got a month worth of worthless photos. Such a good point. Such a very good point. Cause <laughs> I'm even going through a deal right now. Like I set a cell cam up and uh, just so I could watch, hopefully watch some deer from here. And man, it's like, it's a little bit tilty off in the wrong yeah. direction. And I'm like, and every time you get a photo of it, you're like, Oh God. Yeah, pretty much. I'm like, I really wish I was turning the other direction. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I try to put my cameras out. I'll even put them out at a time early enough to where I know I will have like after a week, I will have time to go back and check them. Cause like I said, on the spy points, you can't, you can't check what the camera sees until you check the card, like in your phone, your computer. So I'll even give myself a one week buffer on when I actually want my cameras out just to give me a week to fine tune um, what I want to be able to see and what the camera sees. Um, Cause I, sometimes I won't think about it. And I've been, I mean, I put trail cameras out frequently, but you know, you face it, you're on a field edge and you face that thing dead West and everything after four o'clock, you've got sun glare and every photo is completely useless. So I even give myself a one week buffer to um, make sure I have my camera placed and seeing what I want it to see before, you know, like primetime velvet deer rut and like that start. Gotcha. Nice. Um, man. So let's see. I think one of the big things that, you know, just being in your videographer, and I'm as well. So just being around cameras a lot, uh, we see this a lot with just regular picture and video cameras is like um, how many megapixels that sensor is. And that's something that people just advertise a lot. I think um, they want to have yeah. high megapixels. Um, so it's like a good selling point if somebody doesn't really know what it means. So can you take us through a little bit what that means like on a trail camera and how important it can or can't be? Yeah, so megapixel, basically, what a me the more megapixels you had, the more detail you're going to get in the photo or the video, which is awesome. Also, the more megapixels you have, the more noise or grainy the photo is going to look as the sunlight or the light in the photo decreases. So, like, if you have a, let's say you have a 24 megapixel camera and a, 20, and a 12 megapixel camera. During the daylight, that 24 megapixel camera is going to look twice as good as what that 12 megapixel camera looks. But, and this is all general, with the 12 megapixel camera, if you were to do it at 12 o'clock at night, pitch black, same glow, night vision, whatever the camera has, if both of those lighting sources are equal from the camera, the 12 megapixel is going to look better because it has less megapixels to create and um, show grain, if that makes any sense. So yep. during perfect lighting conditions, the more megapixels, the better, but in poor lighting conditions, the lower megapixel is gonna look less grainy. Perfect, so when people see that, it doesn't 
it doesn't mean that one camera is better than the other. Just no, no, you, no, you don't want to go, you don't want to go out and get a six or eight megapixel camera. Um, I honestly don't look at megapixels. Um, but I would have to say, I don't think I have one that's less than 12 or 16, but that's just because of the camera model that I bought. Um, but I don't really go out and look at megapixel. Um, two things I look at, I look at what's the detection range, like what, how far out can something be before it gets triggered? Mm -hmm. um, it has to have video. And then um, what kind of like a luminance system does it have um, for nighttime? Because like if it's taking a flash, like a, like, a, uh, like a regular camera does, like a camera flash, I don't want that. I want the no glow. I don't even want it to flash red. I want the no glow type stuff because I don't want that deer getting conditioned to every time it comes to this one spot or walks through here, it's getting getting a light flashed on it. Mm -hmm. Yep. I think that's a really good point. I had a, I don't even remember which camera it was, but it's a, a infrared. And so that yep. thing pops up red every time. Well, I bumped a deer the other day on the way in to, to check a camera and as he was running right towards the gate that that camera was in and as he got like mm, I don't know 50 yards from it probably he like shied away from it and went around it and jumped the fence it's like he knew that that thing was there and he did not want to go buy it yeah and if you're someone that puts trail cameras by your stands to see what's walking by that stand that can be something that hinders deer skirting around around your stand man that's a fantastic point um let's see i'm trying to figure out which, which direction let's let's hit the illuminate system again first okay what options do people have um i honestly don't think anymore anyone is doing the straight white flash um I think most of it is going to be the no glow infrared. Um, well, they have infrared and then they have no glow infrared. And the only difference I know between the two is one glows and one doesn't. So I yeah. don't think there's any cameras that have come out in the past three or four years that do any type of glow. I, I might be wrong, but I don't think there is. A lot of it's turned into no glow infrared or they're almost calling it like a night vision where the camera goes into like a night vision mode yep and that's what people will want to use if they want to use it for like security too yeah 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 we have a i worked at i was a bow tech at a bass pro for a while and we used to have a bunch of people coming in looking for trail cameras for security all the time like they'd come up and they they'd buy four or five of the reconics just for like nighttime security at their house and i'm like mm -hmm. okay that's you whatever that's all on you <laughs> yeah yeah uh um and then the next thing is that that range that you were just talking about of like the trigger range i guess you'd call it yeah i look i look for anything 60 feet and and more there's some cameras um i think the reconics does it i know some of the spy points do it you can actually change that detection range to where it won't suck as much battery life. If you shorten up the detection range, you can go like 60, 70 and 80 feet. Um, but I think like a lot of my spy points are 80 foot detection ranges. I think my reconnexes are 70 and that just allows you 
you can back off of the trail or the food plot, or if you have it on a feeder, you can back off of that. And it gives you a better idea of which way the animal is coming from and leaving to when it gets to wherever your camera is. Um, and um, if you end up, if you have it over a mineral lick or something like that, and you have multiple deer on it, it just gives you a wider view where that camera is still going to get triggered, but you can see more versus just seeing like a 10 by 10 foot by 10 foot area because you have to have that camera so close um, to get it triggered. And if you run it on video a lot, like I do your first 10 or 11 seconds of video is if say that deer is walking right at the camera, he's probably, well, let's say 30, 60 feet is 30 yards. So he's 30 yards from the camera. And then you have 10 or 11 seconds of video of him walking right at the camera, looking at the camera or whatever. So you get a good view of him where if you have that shorter detection range, that deer or elk or whatever it is, is in view of the camera less. So yeah, you have a 30 second video, but your field of view is so short because that uh, detection range is so short that if you have a 30 second video, that deer could only be in the frame seven or eight seconds. Yeah. That's a really, that's a super good point. Um, and then the next thing that people see a lot, I think is trigger speeds. That was a cutty back thing back in the day. Yeah. Tr- yeah. Cutty back really like, I don't want to say revolutionized, but they really started the hard marketing for trigger speed. And honestly, I don't look at trigger speeds because they're all fighting for the fastest trigger speed that they have to keep up with each other. So, I mean, anything under, honestly, a second, if you think about how fast a second is, it's really, it's really, really fast when you think about it and like regular time. So, um, like if you have that detection range, that's 60, 70, 80 feet, a deer's got to be going ridiculously like 30, 40 miles an hour to blow by your camera with inside of a second. So I really don't look at trigger speed. Okay. Interesting. Um, man, I would say, do you want to touch? Oh, let's touch on the cell cams again. Okay. Briefly and just talk about, I would say, uh, maybe a misconception a little bit from them. Um, I don't feel like they upload like super real time or do yours upload like as soon as um, that picture so, taken, it's up. So you can, you can, the, so spy point has an app and you, it's basically like their trail camera management system um, where you can even, they have an insiders club where you can pay for like $30 a year and get a whole bunch of different features, but they have a mapping system in there, which I don't use it. Um, where you can like map out where your cameras are and name them and things like that. But you can, you can go in and name the cameras and then you can change their individual settings to where like mine are set that you can't, it sends me all my pictures at 8 AM and 8 PM. So anything between 8.01 PM and 8 AM, I get those at 8 AM. And then everything in the middle of the day I get at 8 PM. But you can change it to instant. You can change it to once a day. You can change it to every day at 12 a.m. and 12 p.m., every day at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. It doesn't really matter. Um, but you can change those to instant. I would say the biggest misconception is, is people think they have to have a, tra- a cell cam with the same cellular network as what their phone is. And they don't. It's, you want to get the cellular network on the camera that is the best cellular network in your area. 
So we have, I have a buddy that hunts on a place with me and he has sprint and sprint at our property is God awful. It sucks, but we have really good Verizon service. So all of our cell camps are Verizon because that's where we have the best services with Verizon. So it basically that camera's acting like a cell phone. And as long as it has signal, it can send the pictures to your phone. It doesn't have to have the same cellular network as what your phone does. Yep. Yeah. And it's not hard to do. I was talking to, there was a guy the other day that was trying to talk me through the muddy cameras and, and the issues that I was having with them. And uh, he was saying one of the issues I was having is with a cell cam. And uh, he's, he said he didn't like the cell cameras because of the, he doesn't want to take out like a, another phone plan basically for just that. Right. It's not hard. Like if, if it's anything like the stealth cam app, you know, like the, the, uh, the cameras that you, those spy point cameras that you're using, um, if they're anything like the stealth cam app, like you just hop on and choose a plan and away you go you don't deal with the phone company at all yeah everything like when it comes off my i get charged every year it's not monthly i think spy point charges you initially month uh yearly but you can change it to monthly i just kept mine yearly but like when i look at my my debit card statement it comes from spy point like it doesn't come from verizon or at&t you don't have to go to the verizon or at&t store and set up a plan like it all comes straight from spy point and i think i have uh i have five cell cameras from spy point and they have a bunch of different plans the thing with spy point is and i'm not super familiar with everybody else but you can buy the camera and not pay for a cellular plan and you'll get a hundred free photos a month per camera Ooh. so you can so like this time of year when deer are super patternable because they're doing the same thing every day or you're on mineral licks or over a feeder, that's really not awesome because in like four days, all your, all your photos are eaten up. But like, mm -hmm. as soon as the rut, as soon as the rut comes and I'm just looking for bucks and that specific buck, I, I discontinue all of my cellular plans and I go straight to a hundred dollar or a hundred photos a month. Um, because I'm not putting them on, those high traffic every deer is coming to this one location and sitting there for five minutes like it's usually on travel corridors um so i'm not getting seven and eight photos of the same deer at a time i'm getting a photo of him leaving and a photo of him coming in and that's about it but spy point will do and i don't want this to sound like a spy point podcast that's just mm -hmm. what i'm oh, familiar with mm -hmm. but they have 100 free a month and this is all per camera 100 free per month i think you can do it's 250 photos a month for like four bucks. You can do 500 photos a month for like six bucks, or you can do unlimited for 10 bucks. Um, and I do the, I do the 250 whenever I'm paying for it. And I think between all my cameras, I'm paying a total of like 250 bucks for the entire year for all my cameras yeah. combined. So when you think about it, I have an unlimited cellular plan from Verizon. And it's $130 a month. Well, for $100 more, you I have almost unlimited photos for five different cellular cameras. For the whole year. For the whole year, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really nice. I I really like those cell like the the idea of them. Um, if 
you know, you can put them back in places where it's really hard to access or, you know, any, anything like that. And then like, for me, I can have a couple cell cams out and I can be remote and halfway keep an eye on, you know, can keep it on the road and figure out who's coming in, in and out of there or, um, just keep track of the deer basically. So when I roll in, I have a little bit of a, I can have a little bit of a head start. I mean, for me anyways, like that's my family place and I grew up there and I don't really need too much of a head start. Like I just kind of have the deer yeah. around, but, but that's uh, how I am. Like I travel. Like yeah. Yeah. I travel 200 or 250 days a year filming hunts. And it's like, I don't have this. I don't have the cell cameras just to toot my own horn and say, I have cell cameras. It's because I don't have time during the hunting season to go out and check trail cameras. So I want to know if, if I land in at, at the Atlanta airport at 10 o'clock at night and I have the next two days free and I got trail camera pictures the last week of a couple bucks, like I can go grab my stuff and just go and not have to spend those two or three days, you know, checking trail cameras. It's really nice. Yep. That's it's exactly where nice. I've got mine. Mm-hmm. The only, um, the only issue, the, the only issue with them is, um, if you don't, obviously, if you don't have service, they don't send you the photos. So a lot of them, I'm going to say almost all of them still require a memory card. And that is because if for whatever reason it loses signal, it's still taking the photos. It's just saving them to the memory card. So don't think that if you buy a cell camera, it's only good for places that have signal, because if I'm going to buy, I'll take one and turn off the cellular network on it and use it as a regular camera you just have to go in and check the memory card Mm -hmm. just like a regular camera yeah exactly yeah some good redundancy there um so what about all right so you get this trail camera um what height do you like to set yours at i um it really depends on where i'm putting it if i'm putting it on a field edge most of the time um Cause like a lot of our field edges dip down off into planted pines. So there's like a two or three foot variance from the first row of trees to the edge of the field. So there's a lot of times I'll take like a single, a single uh, lock on stick and just put it on the tree and get that camera above head height, probably six or seven feet. That way I can see out into the field. Um, but if I'm not doing that's usually on field edges, anything, like in the woods, I'm usually putting it, uh, a lot of people like to put it like waist high because the think the deer always have their head down, um, mm-hmm. on the ground. But if that deer is like just up walking, you think about it, you, if you stood next to a deer and his head was up, his head's probably almost as high as what yours would be. So I try to put mine around chest or neck height. And like I said, I put it on video most of the time anyways. So, I mean, I have a, I have a bigger area that I can kind of mess around with because I'm not getting one photo of a deer in a certain position. I'm put, I'm getting 30 seconds of a deer putting his head up and down or stopping or working a scrape or whatever it is. Um, but I would say field edges, if they're dipping off, I like to put them above head height and in the woods, I try to put it like definitely above the belly button. Yeah. But I, I... but but I'm, I'm still angle when I'm putting those, up high whether it's in the field or in the woods i'm still angling them down a little bit i'm not putting them flush up against the tree and letting them shoot straight out because 
at that point, you're just getting clouds and trees. I'm still angling them down a little bit. And whether that's putting a stick behind the top of the camera to angle it down, or I use a lot of those um, screw in attachments that have like the ball mount adjustment so I can angle it exactly how I want. Um, so yeah, that's usually how high I'm putting them. Nice. I do the exact same thing. Um, I have talked to a lot of people that they only put theirs like at, at hip height. And for one thing, like around here, the grass is so tall um, yeah. that even if you cleared some of the grass out around it, which seems to be what people have done, it just, it makes the camera go off way, way, way more than if it's just, if it's higher pointed down, it seems like I just, whenever that thing goes off, it has a deer in front of it typically, instead of just grass moving. Yeah, when you're angling it down, a lot of things, one thing I learned the hard way when I first started putting show cameras out was it's not so much the grass underneath, it's all the overlaying, overhanging limbs above it. Um, so putting those cameras up, angling down, you're kind of eliminating a lot of those limbs that are like up above the tree that you wouldn't most ne necessarily think about getting in the way. But when the wind hits them and they dip down in front of the camera and then you get 175 photos in a week of three deer and the rest of those are the, the oak tree branch above it. You kind of learn the hard way doing that too. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. Um, so other like strategies and placements that you've got, one that you talked about a little bit earlier was setting a camera up. So it's like looking down or up a trail instead of like, you know, one tree off of the trail looking straight at it. So when the deer goes by, you only get a side profile. I thought that was yeah. a really good one. Yeah, like, so if I have a trail moving north, let's just say the trail is moving north and south, I want my camera either facing north or facing south. And I will, I mean, sometimes I'll put it right on the trail because I am, like, if there's a tree right on the trail, I'll put it on that tree facing down the trail. Um, because even though it's right on the trail, the deer is moving either to the camera or away from the camera. So either way, if he's on that trail, I'm getting a photo or a video of him. The biggest issue people have is they will put their camera, like if the trail is moving north and south, they'll put their camera facing east and west, where that triggers only on that camera is only getting triggered when that deer rocks, walks in front of it. So say you have a half a second trigger speed, that deer's already been in the frame for half a second, and then that trigger has to activate, and then you've got the back end of a deer or the biggest, the biggest issue, which is one reason why I run photo manually is during the rut. If you have a doe come through and that doe triggers it and say, you have it set to a one minute delay. Well, that buck that's chasing that doe could be within a minute of that, of that doe. And then you've lost a picture of the buck. So if you're shooting down the trail, you have a better chance of getting that buck chasing that doe if you can see the entire length of the area that they're traveling versus them just having to bypass it. Yeah, that's, that's a super good point. Um, what about how long do you typically leave your, your cameras? Um, well, if we had turkeys on our place, they'd be out year round, but mm -hmm. the property has been in my family, like, hundreds of years and there's been like four turkeys killed on it so if we had turkeys we i would have them out year round but i put them out usually 
I put them out three weeks ago and they'll stay out until our season runs until like the January 8th or January 10th timeframe. Um, so I'll usually put them out until I'm done hunting. Once I'm done hunting, my dad doesn't like trail cameras. He's like, if a, if a 145 walks by and I pass him because I know there's a 160 and then I don't end up killing a deer, I'll be mad. So <laughs> once, once I don't have a need for the trail cameras, I, I kind of pull them. So I only, I only kill one buck a year. You can kill two in Georgia, which is where our place is. But once I, if I end up killing one, once he's killed, I usually pull them unless I have a buddy or my boss or someone that's coming to hunt. Um, but they're usually out by Christmas. Gotcha. We're about the same thing. Uh, what do you think about bumping deer? Like when you go check the camera, like, do you try to check in the middle of the day? And hopefully when everything um, else is bedded up or what? With, with my schedule, I kind of just check them when I can check them. Um, we do a, we do a bunch of, we get, we do paid content for an electric bike company. So I'm usually rolling in on electric bike because we get three or four of them a year to do content with. Um, but I mean, our farm, it's 1200 acres, but we have a farmer that leases the prop, the, the cropland from us. I um, mean, he's always out there doing stuff so that it's kind of helped us out because they've conditioned to that. Um, and so I really don't, I don't worry about bumping deer because I know I don't put cameras too deep in our place where um, I know the deer are bedding. Um, and we have such a big place and the area that we're in, we're like the only crop for 10 or 11 miles. So I know if the deer want to eat, they have to basically come back to our place because like this year, this year we have out of 1200 acres, we probably have 400 of that in corn. Um, so I know if the deer want to eat, they have to come back to our place. So as far as bumping deer, I personally on my place, I'm not worried about that, but um, I would be checking them between like 11 and probably two if I was going to check them. And then during deer season, I'm going to check them when I'm in the woods, like I'm going to check them on my way to a stand on my way out of a stand. That way I'm only there once. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. I've been putting cameras next to, to our stands for, um, quite a while and it's kind of nice, like, and it helps, like we take a lot of clients. So it helps their mindset a little bit too. Like if we can go in and pull a card real quick, and I can just like flip through it as they're getting in the stand and then be like, yeah, there's yeah, send them a picture too. Yeah. 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 That's nice. We, we don't have many people at our place. There's probably only three or four of us. Um, and we're usually not there at all times. So it's usually kind of like a, Hey, I hunted this place. I checked this card. Here's what's on it. Or, Hey, I'm going to hunt. What's on the cell cams. Is there anything I need to know about? And like, I, I don't, a lot of it's mostly family that hunts our place and they're not worried about, you know, killing a seven year old, 180 inch mm -hmm. deer, but they are, they are worried about, Hey, if this deer is young, but he looks good, let us know. So we don't all shoot it. So that's really, that's a lot of what our trail cameras is for. It's not to make a hit list it's to make a not shoot list. So a lot of it is, Hey, I hunted this place. Here's the pictures from this place. And I do, I do a lot of that logging. I keep folders of and names of deer from four or five years at a time until they disappear. Um, so that's mainly what we use them for. We're making a not shoot list versus a versus a uh, a hit list. 
I like that. I like that a lot. Um, <laughs> it makes it a lot simpler. It's a lot easier to have three deer that you can't shoot versus like, cause you think, cause I've hunted, like I film for TV. I film for web. Everything we do is guided because people are paying us to be there. So they want to kill something. And it's like, we go to these stands and we always have five or six pictures of deer that you can't shoot or that you can shoot. And then the stud walks by and you show the outfitter the footage. I'm like, oh, we've never seen that deer. You should have shoot it. Well, instead, I'd much rather have the three deer on my phone that I can't shoot and know that if any other older stud walks by, I can shoot that versus having to keep up with five or six that I can shoot. Yeah. Does that seem like it works? has worked way simpler did you guys used to do it the other way um no not really i've always like so we're in we're in east central georgia and i would say for georgia we kill some big deer like our county has i think in the past five years we've killed six bucks over or sorry six bucks over 150 and two of those have been over 160 so we have good deer for georgia in our place um mainly because we have all the crop and the deer have to come to our place but i'm not going to complain about that and my dad isn't my dad my uncle my stepbrother they're hunters but they're not like into it like i am and they don't care oh floppy is six and a half he walks by this stand every three days at this time they're not worried about that they're going to go sit where they want to sit based off the wind and they just want to know what they can't shoot because they care enough about hunting to know that if a deer's outside the ears, he's an eight point and he's two and a half years old, like they care enough to let that deer walk, but they don't care enough to sit there and watch a deer for five minutes and debate on whether he's four or five. And if he's going to blow up the next year with an extra 15 inches, I was really raised. If he looks old and you don't have to put your binos up to tell he's a big deer, you shoot him um so we just kind of go off of that if he looks old enough shoot him and we just make a list of deer that this deer is young but he looks older than what he is but don't shoot him yeah i like that i like that a lot um has there been an example of a deer that you've killed just because you you had him on trail camera um during the season no like I haven't had a, uh, I haven't had an instance where this deer showed up these three days in a row. I went in and sat and killed them. It's usually because we can supplemental feed all year in Georgia now, but we just do it during the summer. So we kind of know where the deer like to live. And if I want to kill a specific deer, I will just hunt the area that he's in based off, based off the wind. But I've never had like, this deer has walked by this spot four times. There's a stand 50 yards from there. I'm going to go in and kill him. I've never had, I've never had it work out TV perfect like that. Um, but I have had, I've got three cameras within a hundred yard block of woods. And every time I get a picture, it's this deer. And I'm going to go hunt that hundred block of woods, hundred acre block of woods between a difference of three or four stands. And I end up killing them that way. Gotcha. Nice, dude. Well, um, is there anything else you wanted to, to run through with trail cameras? I just wanted to give everybody like a basic overview of what are the things that like you look for with your setup and what I look for and some things we've used and like a, a big update because there's so many new cameras that come out 
year to year, it's really hard to keep them straight. Well, and like I have a thing where I wake up every morning and I check Facebook, my email and Instagram. And then I go over and I, I have the Camo Fire app and I check it every morning. And Camo Fire gives you some steals on trail cameras. Um, so if you're someone that um, wants to get into trail cameras or you need a lot of trail cameras, but you don't want to go dump $175 on a trail camera. Um, I mean, I've seen some of those coverts in there. They're like a $150, $175 camera, and they got them for sale for 80 bucks, 80 to 100 bucks. Um, and I think that's usually their Tuesday, their trail camera Tuesday. So I would, yep. I would, I would go look at that um, on Tuesdays and and see what they have because people sleep on Camo Fire. I don't think people really want to give Camo Fire the credit they have for deals, but like just about everything I've bought for this Nebraska hunt, because we're going to be camping and we might be like staying overnight, backpacking in everything has been off of camp fire and it's legit stuff. So I would, I would check. I mean, cause you can, a lot of camo fire, they're doing like packages too, where you can get the camera, a 16 gig card and card and eight batteries for like $75 cheaper than what the camera is by itself. Yep. I love that you brought that up because I was going to do that as well. Um, yeah, it is that the trail cam Tuesday and I bought, I mean, a lot of our cameras have come straight from there or just like Black Ovis, like Camo Fire is a kind of a yeah. partner deal to, to Black Ovis there. So right. they, I, mean, they I think, I think they, website. I think if you order before, I think it's before one or two mountain time, they ship the same day. Yeah. So, yeah, they do. It's, it's awesome. And just, you know, in, in general, just like you were talking about on camo fire for doesn't have to be trail cameras. They have so much stuff on there. Said Saturday. Yeah, we get a, well, one of my boss gets a, uh, a discount from Sidco and he's even buying, um, like camo fire Sidco on their Sidco Saturdays. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah I, I mean, I buy a lot of stuff from Camo Fire more than what I should, but yeah, well, it's easy to do when they've got them when they got the price knocked off so far. Yeah. Oh man. Well, is, um, is there anything else you want to leave people with, with these, uh, cameras? Mm, I think that's it. I really think if people don't place them parallel with the trail if they're putting on a trail and they put it parallel and then they keep from facing it east and west i think a lot of people that's some of because it's not really something you think about until you realize that you've done it so i think avoiding those two things can really keep you from wasting you know 150 pictures in two weeks worth of time having trail cameras out absolutely and a lot of it you know is just like trial and error like yeah. there's there's no you know i'm sure you're moving cameras sometimes and like i'm moving cameras quite a bit just because like things even change year to year you know i'll i'll have a camera out where i had it last year and i'll be like they don't really seem to be using this as much this year so i'll move it to a different yeah. one yeah. another another thing i do want to i want to point on off of features is a lot of them have a time lapse feature and what you can do is it won't take pictures off of it being triggered. You can set it, like you can put it way up in a tree and point down and then like in a field 
in say a bean field or a crop field or whatever it is. And it'll take like a picture a minute from, you can set it from like 4 PM until whenever the sun goes down and you'll get a picture of a, a picture a minute of that entire field to see like how many deer are coming in or what deer is coming in. Um, so there's, that's another feature that you can do. You can set it whatever picture time interval you want. And then from what time of the day until the end of the day that you want. Yeah. That's a really handy thing. Um, do you know of any cameras that are like on demand as far as cell cameras go where you can like, you can just look it up on your phone and see what it's looking at. Um, not that I know of. Yeah. Uh-uh. That seems next um, level. A lot of people, and this isn't like on demand, but a lot of people are really liking those Tacticam reveal cell cams, mm-hmm. like to the point that places can't keep them in stock. And it's like a hundred dollar trail camera. Um, so it's a cell cam. So I think if you're looking at a cell cam, even though I've been pushing spy point heavy because that's what I use, like I've been thinking about getting a few of those reveal cams if I come across any that are that are on sale because people like Bass Pro places online, Cabela's, they can't even keep them in stock. They have like they have to wait list them. Um, and so that's a trail camera I'd be looking at to see if anybody anybody uses them. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I've been using just the stealth cam. I don't even yep. know which ones they are. I think, um, gosh, I don't remember what they call those. Do you stealth? Uh, I don't know. We do a lot of content for Dudley. Um, and Dudley uses the heck out of stealth cams. Um, and he uses a lot of them and he's never, I don't think he's ever had an issue with them. Um, so I know those stealth cams are good. Yeah, they seem good. It's the uh, the fusion. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 That's a that's a very popular camera right now. Yep. Yeah. Called the fusion seems to be seems to be okay so far. Um, The issue I had with that with the muddy one, which I will say, when you call in, you get GSM outdoors, which is stealth cam, and it's also muddy. They're the exact same. And it's hawk. It's hawk. Mm-hmm. tree stands um yeah it's all those companies yeah it's it's interesting how a lot of that stuff works now with just big yeah. companies that have a lot of oh, yeah. brands under you don't of them. yeah you don't you don't realize it until you go to ata and you're like oh we're gonna go to the gsi booth and then you go to gsi and it's got muddy hawk stealth cam like 17 different brands mm-hmm. in in one booth and you're like Oh, okay. This is all making sense to me now. <laughs> yeah, this makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely, dude. Well, I uh thanks for hopping on um and taking time on your day. I know you're a busy guy. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate it. Yeah, I listen to the podcast a lot and it's helping me a lot with this the this mule deer hunt that I'm doing. So anytime I can help someone else, I'm more than happy to to help out. Oh, so awesome. Awesome. Thanks, dude.